Welcome to Reclaim Your Health, the show for women who are committed to improving their health on the physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. Here are your hosts, Dr. Rachel Haviland and Genevieve Khan. Welcome to another episode of Reclaim Your Health. I'm Dr. Rachel Haviland. And I'm Genevieve Khan. And today we're going to be talking about how animals guide us in being more balanced and zen and healthy on all levels, mind, body, and soul. With us, we have Joanne LaFive Connolly. She's a vegan vegetarian promoting intuitive medicine for pets and people to reclaim their own health. She guides families for tuning in with their pets, themselves, nature, and the universe to make better medical decisions. She inspires all animals and humans to live in balance as one with the web of life. Dr. Joanne published her first book, titled Animal Teachings from Haley's Angels Methods, and is currently writing her second book. Great to have you with us, Dr. Joanne. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Thank you for being here. And I think this is such an interesting topic because I've had my first dog now for 18 months. Uh, He's just turned two. And I was just thinking this weekend that he is just the best thing since sliced bread. (laughs) He is my absolute sunshine. He gives me so much joy. And I can't believe I waited all this time before, you know, getting a dog. And it's been a while since I've had a cat. And I really got to the point where I was missing having a pet and started to think, you know, I think I'm missing out in life on, you know, by not having, having a pet in my life. And um, manifested Bo into my life 18 months ago from, from a client. So um, uh, he'd actually been rescued in South Carolina. And then um, we were invited over for Christmas 18 months ago. And, um, and, and, and Bo was there and just wouldn't leave me alone. And they were looking for a new home for him. So it was really cool. But yeah, it's, I, I love the concept that you were talking about of, of joy and balance and harmony. So tell us how pets have played a role in your life and how you came across or how you discovered really that, that they're such an important part of helping us balance our lives and, and connecting to nature and connecting to everything around us. Animals have always been my best friends. Uh, when I was growing up, I was a middle child and I had a lot of time on my hands. I would just play outside with the earthworms and the ants and let them crawl on me. And um, then that led into uh, working for a wildlife refuge when I was a teenager. And my passion just kept growing because I just love to be around animals. They more than people, you know, that's kind of what did <laughs> happen because they make you feel just like you can be, you can just be you, you can be silly. Um, they, they love you no matter what they support you. They want you to be a better person. So their patience is just limitless. Uh, their unconditional love and they believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And just having that little four legged or two legged or turtle, you know, it doesn't matter who they are. Uh, they're just, uh, they make life so much better. So through vet schools, um, you know, I, I was really blessed. Um, I was really blessed to become a veterinarian because that I could not have done anything else with my life. You know, that's, they say, love what you do and you'll never work one day in your life. So, um, and animals always find us. And you were saying how Bo and you just kind of, you know, needed each other. And I don't believe in synchronicities, you know, just the universe, every it's all planned out, you know, you meet and you know, at, as it's love at first sight. So that's the best way to bring an animal friend into our lives when they just show up and say, okay, I'm here, let's go. <laughs> it really, it really was because um, my husband and I have been talking about having a dog for a while. And, uh, you know, I, I was considering the responsibility and, you know, what do we do when we travel and stuff? 
And then, and then I got to the point of like, how do I even pick a dog? You know, if I, you know, if I go to rescue one, how am I even going to know? Yes, I know, you know, walk along, trust your intuition, which one are you attracted to, which one's attracted to you. But even so, I was still kind of stuck of, you know, huh, I don't even know what I want in a dog. I know what I want in a man, but I don't know what I want in a dog. (laughs) I don't even know what I don't know. And there were so many things I've learned since where my husband says, you have no idea how good we have it. You know, he is such a good dog. I'm like, well, of course he is. But, you know, there were so many things about having a dog that I didn't understand at the time and I had no clue. So when I walked into that kitchen and he just went round and round and round and round my feet, licking my toes, and I was like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? And, and I was like, oh. And then he sat down next to me at the dining room table and just oh looked up at me with those eyes. And I, I turned to my husband and I said, do you still want to have a dog? He said, yeah, why? He, I, I want that one. <laughs> yes, that's oh, yeah. meant to meant wow. to be for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, you know, so 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 much joy. He's yeah, he's brought me so so much joy that I that I just couldn't possibly imagine. When, when you were talking, the first thing that came to mind was all of those kind of emotions and the and the things that dogs give to us and the way they treat us. Wouldn't it be nice if people were actually like that more often? So what, so what can animals teach us and what lessons can, can they give us in how to treat each other better? Animals are the best teachers. And that's how I ended up writing my book because it was coming out of my ears, everything that they had taught me that I didn't learn in vet school, that really animals on my path and with uh, doing the in-home euthanasia service, which was my dog's legacy, Haley's legacy after she went to heaven. Um, she put me to work and that was not my idea. But again, all the signs, like people started calling me and I was trying to look away like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like I was so afraid of so many things and I had to jump into it because yes, animals will just put us on this path. Uh, They will put us out of our comfort zone. And if we dare following them on that journey and not being afraid of the lesson that they're there to teach us, you know, it's not always easy, obviously, but they will Uh, show us right in our face like where our weaknesses are and where to go to become better and so we just need to embrace those challenges because oh my god the best things that have happened in my life were not planned by me they were planned by the animals and they just wanted me to I had to go along with the flow and that was that was the best way to live even now you know there's now there's a pig at my house I did not plan this um, but oh my god he's amazing and he loves, he's really curious. So we started taking him to the beach and he loads up in the car really well. Now he knows the routine and he's got his harness. And now he's become this little vegan activist because when people, of course, just come to see him at the beach and now the, the first thing they say, oh my God, I can't eat bacon anymore. I can't eat ham. And I'm like, great. I did not see this coming, but this is awesome. Let's do this, Wilbur. You know, you're teaching people amazing life lessons on how to live better and eat better, and saving animals, let's do it. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love that Wilbur's name for the pig. It reminds me of Charlotte's Web. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's a character. God, I, you know, and now I'm like, how did I live without him? He's brought so much joy and teaching. And um, yeah, you know, he's outsmarted us many times, um, but he's uh, making us grow, and we're determined to win this battle and, and build that relationship and really it's amazing. I mean, now um, we've developed a lot of trust over the two years that we've been together. So he knows my boundaries and I know what his triggers are. His nose is so powerful, but we're making it work. And, you know, it's beautiful. <laughs> that's yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. 
I saw a video not too long ago where they actually, they, they had a contest, um, which seemed to be smarter, the pig or the dog. And the pig actually won that contest. So I believe that. Yeah, that's what they say. And they're smarter than a three-year-old. I mean, they have it figured out. They're really, really smart. And they, yeah. they're very emotional. And they'll, they'll, they'll break your heart. Like, they'll cry. Like, they'll throw tantrums, you know? And it's just, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's really interesting. They're, they're very emotional animals. So, you know, I love to take him out for rides. He loves to meet people. And he sits for treats. First, I didn't realize I was teaching him that trick. But he caught it right away. And then every time he sees me now, like he'll just sit because he's always about food. Um, so people just, you know, fall in love with him really easily. <laughs> I have a dog who acts like a pig. I mean, she'll eat even things that aren't food, like napkins, oh. tissues. Oh, goodness. Oh. So she <laughs> Does she eat veggies too? Does she uh, like vegetables? Well, Some I don't. dogs are really into it. Yeah, we don't. Um, once in a while, we'll do that for her, but we don't want her to have any extra calories. So we just give her pretty much her dog food. Yep. But once in a while, if we drop something on the floor, she'll be happy to eat it. And it's been, yeah, fruit, vegetables, like I said, tissues, um, just about anything. <laughs> this is not a picky eater at all. I'm interested as to why you asked that question then. Is it because of the fiber? <laughs> oh, because some dogs, I just find it interesting how, you know, there's a lot of food allergies that we see more and more to meat. And so a lot of dogs can be vegan. They, they thrive on a vegan diet. And, and I have one of those dogs, you know, and I'm vegan, so go, go figure. You know, of course, my dog, who's the closest to me, we have two dogs, and one is really my husband's shadow. And my dog, you know, became allergic to all meat, so he, he eats a vegan diet. But I see some, how some dogs are so into celeries and carrots, and they, they love just eating people food like veggies and fruits like bananas and so it's really interesting how they've evolved, you know, not necessarily into meat eater, but um, there's an, an energy component to it or an, a, a life purpose component. So it's very fascinating to me. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a controversial subject that, you know, um, dogs were, you know, are, are known to eat meat. So how, what do you say to people who say, how can you put them on a vegan diet? Well, I had no choice. That's one of the things that this dog taught me. And so I'm always trying to stay very open-minded. And I feel like extremes are never good in life. You know, we're always thriving for balance and staying in the middle. And um, nature teaches us balance also. Too much water will drown you. Not enough water will kill you. Uh, same thing with the air that we breathe, you know, and enough sunshine, not too much sunshine. So with dogs and food, I feel like our animals tell us what they thrive on, you know, and you look at their stools and um, a lot of new diets now that are grain free and heavy packed with meat will give a lot of dogs diarrhea and uh, they will gain a lot of weight, you know, so I don't see that as the answer either. I'm not against grains and each dog is really different. So uh, whatever the animal seems to tell us and seems to thrive on, I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, when it comes to cats, of course, I think they are more strict carnivores, but my cats have always eaten grass. Like it's kind of a purging, you know, cleansing their systems or their liver, they say, and, you know, so they do eat their dose of grass every so often. And, you know, that seems to work. So. Yeah. Our dog eats grass too. I mean, I mean she really eats everything and um, <laughs> very, very little that seems to disagree with her. So. She's weird. <laughs> She's balanced. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, my, my fat actually told me that they don't recommend the grain-free stuff anymore. 
Um, and and ha- part of me wonders if if the whole grain-free um, trend, you know, has come from the human gluten-free trend as well. Oh well, if if I'm not if I'm not going to eat it, then it can't be good for my pet either. But as you pointed out, you know, each each animal is different, and certainly. You know, we had to experiment with a few different foods for our dog. I would say trusting, trusting the food companies that have been out there the longest, that have done more research and testing on the animals. Trust is a big thing because food companies get bought out and then the quality goes down the drain and they're still advertising that this is what's in the bag, but the laws are very laxed. And so the ingredients that are shown on the label don't have to be there 100% of the time. It's I think it's like 70% of the time. So trust in the brand and looking at your dog and making sure he thrives that's the answer to me and what are your thoughts about you know fresh food or preparing food from home for them it's definitely nice yeah you know the cooked food obviously um you lose some of the nutrients so uh now with the freeze-dried food or the dehydrated food companies so i really like that you know it makes sense that you're keeping more nutrients the cooked food, the kibbles, they will add more vitamins to them. So we're compensating. So, uh, and you know, some people will feed raw, which I'm not opposed if it's been frozen. And, uh, you know, again, like I'm not uh, at any extreme. I feel like we all have to just see what's convenient for you and what makes sense to you. And like you said, using our intuition through life on all aspects of life. You know, if you walk into a store, you stumble upon a dog food and it's the price is good and uh, your dog is with you. There is a free sample. He tastes it like everything is, seems to make sense. I'll say, yeah, go for it, you know. Fair enough. Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> going, going back to when you were younger, what was your first experience in discovering that an animal had a lesson to teach you? I'm just really interested to hear, you know, your story from back then. You'd always loved animals, but how did you actually make the connection between yeah, they're cute and cuddly or whatever, or, you know, I love being around them to, whoa, okay, I just got a lesson there. Uh, I was a very um, observant child, and I always had very existential questions for my poor mom. Um, (laughs) And so I had a lot of unanswered questions, and I would just watch the animals. And even now, like, that's what I still do. I'm very passionate about how can we fix society? How can it be sustainable? How can it be balanced? And I just look at what animals do in the wild, and it always makes sense to me. Um, so I, I get common sense is huge. And that's something we lack in society and in medical school, too, you know, listening to the body and being one and just really making sure that it makes sense. Even like they, they come up with some studies where people have used, scientists have used their brains and they come to some conclusions, and it doesn't make sense. And then a few years later, they realize that, oh, it's like, the theory doesn't hold for one reason or another. So I always, I've always been really wanting to, everything needs to be, to make sense for me and to, to stay simple. And animals have that key of simplicity and life should not be that complicated. And we, we get stuck in our brains so much in this modern society of we have to be able to explain everything and prove everything, but no, let's chill, you know, and let's stay in our heart. And it's simple. The answers are simple. And so animals have always, I look at them like, yeah, you're right. This is the way society should be. And that's book number two will be uh, even more thought provoking because I've just got so many answers that make sense. And before I die, 
I just want it to be out there. You know, society might not be ready for it, but eventually, hopefully, it can, we can make this world a better place. And animals have the answers to so many questions. It's so true, Joanne. I find that even sitting in back of my house, where we have, you know, a, a small amount of, of woods, just watching the birds, you know, uh, watching the squirrels, it, it's just amazing to me how animals really can teach us so much about how to live, about ourselves. It's, you know, it's really a wonderful thing. They mirror us a lot. Like if we talk about the medical aspect and the diseases that people will develop and my God, I, I was 18 years ago when I first came out of school, right away I started realizing something weird that animals were developing the same physical diseases as their people. And Every time, like I would diagnose a cat with heart disease and then the owner would say, oh, yeah, I'm on heart medication, too. And, you know, a dog with back issues and the owner would say, oh, yes, I've had chronic back pain for years. And it makes sense, you know, because we share the same emotion, the same space, the same stress. Animals are little sponges and they will just soak up everything that we're going through. And when somebody has a lot of animals, it's amazing because the one animal that will be the sickest usually is the animal that is the closest to the owner. Like the owner will always say, oh, that's my favorite one. Why does he have to die? And why, you know, I cuddle with that one. And like that animal has a lot of burden to carry on. And, and you know, that's part of their life mission also to support us through difficulties in life and going through a divorce and, um, you know, going through uh, stressful times. And then their life mission is over and they pass on. But if we can, there's so much we can do to help our animals, which ends up helping ourselves too, by paying attention to those areas where we're in lack of balance and emotionally distraught and how can we spare our animals by finding other ways to just unload that stress and that toxicity in our life, you know? So it's, there is a lot of power that we have on our own health and on our animals' health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because thinking about it, we do tend to pour a lot into them. And, and I completely understand that. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I both had food poisoning and we were both throwing up from these chicken wings. And the next morning, um, the dog threw up too. And I was like, oh, how funny is that? Yeah. Sympathy, <laughs> like, sympathy vomiting. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, he hasn't done that in, in ages. And just like you said, um, you know, about animals having emotions, he just looks so sweet here. He, he, he threw up, brought his head up like this, and he just had these two little tears like this. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> just oh, so cute. And I was, yeah, and I was feeling so ill myself that we just, yeah, we just kind of snuggled together. So there is a lot of reasons why we get sick, you know, and in my book, I go over, I think all of them really. Um, but so everyone has to really pay attention to every aspect of it. So new food, obviously, food allergy, there's so many preservatives in dog food, but sometimes it's just a dog treat also, and people are not aware of just reading the ingredients. And if it says red dye number 40, like it's not good for you or your dog. Um, so finding good ingredients, because we will see a lot of skin rashes. Um, and then, you know, I, I like to talk about environmental allergies, um, because I've suffered environmental allergies after so many years when I was in the Northeast. And I was not thriving there anymore. Like it was the end of a life chapter. And my body was kind of rejecting the place also. And then we moved to Arizona and it was great. And, um, and then I've met a few clients who had just moved to Arizona. And as soon as they moved, 
like they are sick, their dog is sick, the dog uh, trips into cactus, and then the next week it has like some weird infection like flaring up on his skin or and it's all it's then it's diarrhea you know it's one thing after the other and so this lady actually the one in particular and I talk about her and her dog in my book um I had had to have the conversation with her I said you know do you really think Arizona is good for you are you thriving here because it seems like it's not like Arizona is kind of giving you the boot you know it's gently telling you you're not thriving here your dog is having all these issues so I really find it fascinating how our environment will help us be better or worse. And so I tell people, you know, are you, are you an ocean person? Do you need water in your life? Do you thrive in a forest or do you thrive in the mountains? Do you like the cold? Like you really have to find the right environment that suits you because your pet will follow along with that as well. And um, so that's huge. It's so, it's so much fun to like, do, are you a city person or do you need the country living? How much nature do you need? And looking at all aspects of your environment to make sure you're in the right place. And that will change too when you finish a life chapter and now, you know, moving on, you're growing and you have to move. So where is that next destination that will really be better for you? That is so true. That's exactly what happened to me in England. I was getting colds all the time, flu, just didn't suit that weather. So I knew I would never move to, you know, the Northwest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll visit, but, but Seattle is not my not my choice. It's a gorgeous place, but just that that rain and the cloud all the time would not suit me at all. Which is why I moved to Florida, and I enjoy the um, I do enjoy some of the humidity here, not the humidity level that we have now, but I do enjoy um, you know having a little more humid weather than you know the real dry of Arizona. And the sunshine, like I need the sun. It's really my best medicine. I me mean, too. it's just powerful yeah i can't live without it i really no me neither yeah me neither and my husband's often suggested you know because um my my stepdaughter actually she made the decision that florida weather was not for her at all and uh, and she moved to to close to seattle and um and she loves it over there and pete was like you know we should we should maybe we should go live over there too and i'm like um not gonna work for me <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go visit but that's not gonna work for yeah me. not not much sun out there yeah out here in in, Too much in rain. yeah exactly Too exactly much rain and gloom yeah and how are you doing genevieve on the northeast because it's yeah the cold you can handle the different seasons yeah, and that's, yeah at this point um we're used to it out here you know i mean uh I'd rather tell you the truth. I'd rather have a cold day than a hot day. I don't do very well in the heat. So, um, but we do get tired, you know, come February, we're already sick of winter because we were lucky last year though. We had a pretty mild winter and, um, and, 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 um, Lucy, our dog loves the snow. She absolutely loves it. Oh, that's fun. That's fun to watch them play in snow. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So it makes winter more fun, definitely. And the kids, you know, the kids are teenagers now, so they don't really care too much about that. Yeah, and I'm the opposite completely. Give me a hot day over a cold day anytime. Oh, that's funny. Again, I don't mind being in snow for, you know, one, two, three days maybe, but after that, no, just doesn't suit me. But that's fine. Not everybody can live in Florida. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) I have a... My friends up in Canada, they love the winter. They become alive. They have their snowmobiles. They they go camping. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Minus 40 degrees. Like, they're so excited. They just go camp out outside in their tent wow. and they're minus, yeah, 40 degrees bag. And 
yeah, how do you go pee at the middle of the night? Like, I just don't get it. But for them, they come alive. So I'm like, all right, enjoy. You know, I'll send, send me a postcard. <laughs> oh, that's great. Definitely not my idea of fun. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, that's more like that's more like a survival TV show for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, time is ticking. So Genevieve, why don't we move into the wrap-up round? Yeah, so unfortunately, Joanne, that is that, it is that time. What is the best piece of life or health advice you've ever received? Feed your soul on all levels. Really feed your soul. And my dad always tells me, nothing is too crazy. Whatever you can dream of, go for it. And show your true colors because life goes by fast. And if you're not fulfilled, what is it worth? So don't worry about what others will think and just please yourself and make yourself happy. I think most people are too busy worrying about uh, their own lives to even notice what you're doing anyway most of the time. So I think we waste far too much energy <laughs> thinking about what will people think when they're not even really paying attention. <laughs> it's true. It's true. What's a daily habit that has helped you reclaim your health? Spending time outside. I'm outside every day. Even when it rains, um, it was pouring rain a couple of days ago and I just needed to go cleanse. And it was so soothing and Wilbur was with me and he was enjoying the rain too. And uh, it's beautiful. I love to ground myself just to touch the earth with my feet and I'll just lay down my whole body and feel the sunshine and the grass. And that is just a beautiful thing for me. Yeah, that really is. Um, it, it's so wonderful to, to really know what works for us and what doesn't. And I think animals can definitely help um, kind of mirror that for us. Now, uh, Joanne, do you have a health resource or an app that you love that you'd like to recommend? My best health resource is listen to nature and to the animals. Um, truly, they've given me the best answers. So I don't have one um, app. What I like to read about is a lot of what the indigenous uh, cultures, uh, tribes do, uh, Native Americans. I relate a lot to their lifestyle. I like Ayurvedic medicine. So I do pick little pieces here and there. But I'm always fascinated by those cultures, you know, because they have a lot of answers. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. Did they have pets? Did you know what role did animals play in their lives other than eating them? There was the, there was the the wolves, you know, or the coyotes would help protect them too. I think they built some relationship based on safety, and then they started feeding those animals. So that's kind of yeah, that was a really win win situation. The animals didn't have to hunt; they were getting fed, and then they got shelter and they would be willing to fight, you know, to protect the clan, the humans that were feeding them. So uh, one question I meant to ask earlier and I forgot was, you know, they become such a part of the family that, you know, when, when they're sick, it's, yeah, it's interesting to look at, okay, how are they taking on what issues we're having, but then it also severely impacts us too, because they're just such a big part of the family. It breaks our heart to see them. I know, I know lots of tears, but joy, uh, tears of joy and, you know, tears of sadness when it's time for them to go. But, you know, the gratitude and of all the wonderful memories that you've shared with that animal. Of course, you know, I told my husband, like, we need to get an elephant because they live to be 100 years. And that seemed to be a more fair amount of time, you know, than 10 or 15 years with a cat or a dog. So it's not easy, but it sure is the best way to live. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for your, for your input. Yeah, I think it's I think pets are just just amazing. And it really has changed my life. If you could give our listeners one final piece of advice, what would it be? Um, you know, best what's best for you. So tap into your own power and intuition. 
and feel your way through life by being aware of all the teachings from animals, but from nature and the universe, all the synchronicities. I don't believe in coincidences. So something that happens, somebody that randomly says something that just makes sense to you, it's like an answer to one of your questions. Just jump on that and um, see where the ride takes you and enjoy while, while you can. <laughs> Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you so much, Joanne LaFive Connolly, for being with us here today. Now, what is the best way for our listeners to contact you? And if you have a gift to give them, that would be great. So on my website, you can um, contact me on all the different social media platforms. My website is www.haleysangels.com, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-S. And I would love to give a free book to the first person who joins me on my Haley's Angels Facebook page. And if you go on my website, you can just click the uh, Facebook icon. And if you go on my Haley's Angels page and write, I want it, and I'll uh, contact you and send it to you and hopefully can help you on your journey. Thank you so much, Joanne, for being with us and for being generous enough to, to offer a gift. And we always want our clients to reclaim their own health. So thanks so much for listening today. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Reclaim Your Health. Listen in to our past shows at reclaimyourhealth.us and connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash reclaimyourhealthpodcast. Want to learn more? Download our simple steps to essential self-care at reclaimyourhealth.us slash free gifts.